Revolution.org podcast coming your way. Another exciting episode. Steve and the Mobster joining me. How's it going, man? Good. Here we are, guys. We're going to give you more information and you know what to do. <laughs> yeah, Mechano Growth Factor MGF, our peptide series, continues. So MGF is also known as IGF-1EC. It's a growth factor and repair factor that is derived from exercise or damaged muscle tissue. So it's uh, it's it's a variant of IGF. And what makes MGF so special is the way it affects muscle growth. So it has the ability to cause wasted tissue growth to grow and improve. And it activates muscle stem cells and increases upregulation of protein synthesis. So this can rapidly improve your recovery and speed up your muscle growth in the process. So MGS uh, initiates muscle satellite stem cell activation and also IGF-1 receptor domain. And that increases your protein synthesis turnover. So you're going to increase your muscle mass with the stuff in your system in the process. And if you ask a lot of guys who are peptide experts and peptide users out there, They'll say that MGF is one of their personal favorites out there. And it's considered one of the best variants of IGF that you can get a hold of in the market today because of the ability for it to provide site growth. And, um, you know, it's it's really an amazing, amazing peptide here. And we're going to talk about how to use it. We're going to talk about how to dose it. We're going to talk about all that good stuff um, associated with it. So. Look, at the end of the day, um, in the past, you know, we had to depend on our bodies to produce IGF or MGF naturally, but not not now. And um, they've been able to isolate and reproduce these peptide chains. So bodybuilders and athletes can now recover quicker and increase hypertrophy like never before. Some officer, you know, as a powerlifter, I, I would say this could work really good for powerlifting, you know, especially after you lift on a li li heavy lift day, you can really come back a lot quicker. Um, you can kind of uh, use this on on those uh, muscles that you just uh, put into the ground, you know? I'll tell you what I'm thinking here, Steve, is uh, when we look at medication, quite often on the forums, I'll say to guys, if you want to know how a steroid, how a peptide works, look at what it was originally developed for. And as we are talking, we're referring to an article that we're going to link into the uh, podcast after. And when you're talking about muscle damage, Steve, I was actually thinking injury. And what I'm specifically thinking is occasionally, and this applies to some of the steroids that we've talked about in other podcasts, you're looking for a particular medical condition. If a person's had some terrible burn, they've been given steroids. If they've had cancer, they can be given steroids. If they've had, if they've got HIV or AIDS, they can be given steroids. And all these things that can often especially in the terms of uh, cancer and burns, etc. And, of course, when you're immobilizing a patient in bed, Steve, you're in enabling them to retain that muscle because of the injury, because of the illness, or to regrow that muscle relatively quickly. And, again, a doctor's not looking to add, you know, 40 pounds to my bench press or three inches to my chest. What he's looking to do is have that patient recover as often as not Stephen. again this is sometimes where the medication or the course of treatment is so potent so powerful as to be catabolic so again they will give you anabolic steroids or peptides 
to help you to retain your size and the muscle tissue and, of course, keep you healthy while they're hitting you hard with the requisite treatment, for example, again, with cancer. And this is not unusual. So what I'm thinking here, Steve, is that's where, that's where the development comes from. That's what it's useful in terms of medical or clinical situations. Of course, us as bodybuilders, us as power athletes, we go, okay, now we're looking to cause something like damage. It's arguable when we're talking about it's not like being hit with a hammer, Steve, or having a car accident. Trust me, guys, it, it might feel like that, but it isn't really. But you are kind of damaging the muscles. And so the ability to repair them quicker and the ability to grow them quicker in uh, having had that damage is where, you know, you're able to bro progress quicker. And as a power athlete, that means I would get stronger quicker because I'm recovering from my workouts. Because as a bodybuilder, it means that fraction of an inch that you want to put on your bicep happens that little bit sooner because the damage you did curling weights in the gym has been repaired that much quicker again. So that the body doesn't always see what you're doing to it any different in, in, in terms of physical response and chemical response to a mold injury. Like I said, it's not the same as having a car crash or some full-blown illness, but it's up there in terms of how your body will respond and the hormones and the peptides that your body itself will produce to enable you to recover. Again, assuming you give yourself sufficient time to recover with rest and rehab and so on and so forth. I, I would also think, Steve, this would be a great drug, as you say, if I was a paraphernalia, and I'd had some kind of injury to enable me to rehab. Now, we will talk about other peptides that are very injury-specific. Uh, I can think of two off the top of my head that you and I discussed in the pre-show. Uh, but this is one, again, where the the benefits of growth hormone, in, which include tissue repair, but, again, a specific peptide is going to have a specific method of action. Back to you, Steve. So base MGF, it's produced in our liver, and it's secreted in the bloodstream. But the thing is, it only lasts for a few minutes before it breaks down. So that's just the way our bodies work. We're not robots here. You know, we're, we're humans. And same thing with any other animal. So the nice thing about MGF is you can kind of take it and get that longer lasting effect in the body where you're enjoying that benefit. So when we work out, Mobster... Obviously, we're breaking down our muscles. Yeah. But the real growth is when our muscles heal and cells are able to grow and increase in size. So we don't grow our muscles while we train. We break them down. So this is where MGF is beautiful. So during that recovery phase, you can run it post-workout. And you can also run it on days you're not working out where you're recovering. So you can inject 200 micrograms bilaterally you can do it sub q or you can do it intramuscular and it's going to bind to receptors and actually help recover the damaged muscle tissue better than igf1 so it's been shown to signal satellite cells close to the damaged muscle tissue to grow just as they were part of a damaged tissue cell so your damaged cells let's say you get in the workout you know, on a powerlifting day, you're going really, really heavy. You're damaging your muscle cells a lot. That's why powerlifters, they'll go after like a competition where they're really maxing out. It's going to take them a while. The next day, they're white. So this stuff is going to help offset that. So it's it's a really good weapon. 
whether you're a powerlifter, bodybuilder, you're a bodybuilder and you do a lot of drop sets, you really wear down those muscles. This is something to take because it's going to, it's cheating. It's basically cheating. You're getting what your <laughs> body normally produces, but you're getting it by injecting it instead of only five or six minutes in the body. So, and then it's gone, right? So it's kind of a, it's like using a cheat code in a video game. So in the process, you're going to create new muscle tissue while you're recovering the already existing muscle. So it's a double whammy. So, I mean, expect to get stronger and expect to build more muscle that you wouldn't have ever dreamed on this stuff. Imagine stacking it with anabolic steroids. It's a hell of a stack together if you want to build a lot of muscle mass, right, and get stronger. Kind of scary in my, in my mind. Um, what you would, this is why guys, uh, I, I, high levels use, use these peptides. It's, it's definitely cheating. Um, listen, at the, as you get older, it's going to get harder to get that satellite cell regeneration. That's not going to happen the same way when you're 35, 40, 45, 50, as you were when you're 18 or 20 or 25, right? So you're going to have age related muscle loss and you're not going to be able to create new muscle cells. So MGF fills in those gaps. It increases the availability of muscle cell production. Recovery times from damaged muscle tissue are going to decrease. And your muscle, obviously, is going to have a hell of a lot easier time getting bigger in the process. So it sounds it sounds really good, right? It sounds really, really good. <clears throat> so, look, at the end of the day, wouldn't that be nice, Mobster, to, uh, to have this kind of benefit going in your body? Oh, for sure, man. One of the things that uh, our article refers to, uh, listen to this one, guys. And again, it's, we, we question uh, this as a thing that's going to happen every single time. But in one, some studies show that muscle mass increase increases of 20% from a single MGF injection. Now, that would be in rats, of course. And as I've mentioned in a previous podcast, Steve, the stuff that they're going to get rats to do whether it's swimming till they drown or dragging weights around their pen or whatever else, is stuff that you should never do or will never do in order to uh, enhance muscle growth. But when you're talking about a 20% increase, even if we dispute the percentage and even if we said it might take more than one injection, which we are saying, that, that if, if a fraction of that as an increment on a regular basis is going to make a hell of a hell of a difference. Uh, I would argue, Steve, in terms of training, I would probably want this person, the athlete, male or female, to be 100% on point with their food, 100% on point with their training, and arguably with the rest of their PEDs. And then when you, because you are that focused and because you are doing exactly what needs to be done, you introduce a peptide like MGF. That's where I think the magic is going to happen. Trust me, guys, this is not one of those things where you've got lots of money and you take MGF and you train half fast at the gym and you eat junk food and you party on weekends and you expect stuff to happen. Your body is going to be producing a bunch of other hormones, a bunch of other peptides, and you're just literally not putting in the work. But if you do put in the work, if your nutrition is on point, if your recovery is on point, and then you introduce MGF, I can see some serious, serious magic happening regardless of whether you're a strength athlete, you're on the athletics field, or whether you're a power athlete like myself. And then we would, would see 
I, I, I hesitate, Steve. Even if I only got a 1% or 2% increment, that would be fantastic at my level. I, I, that's basically PR for me, Steve. Uh, and then and, and for yourself, if you're using MGF, you're talking about another quarter of an inch here and another half inch there and another three or four pounds on the scale, which, again, at our level and for the length of time that you and I have been training is amazing. Back to you. All right, so here's the thing. Whether you're using it, you can use an MGF on cycle, off cycle. Remember, these are peptides. You can be flexible with them. You don't have to use them necessarily every day. There's different ways to use it. There's different guys. Are, you can experiment on which, which way works best for you based on your situation, okay? So obviously, when you get the MGF, it's going to come in a white powder vial, right? You're going to have to reconstitute it. We talked about this on previous podcasts. Very careful. Needs to be stored in the fridge, not just after you, you reconstitute it, but also before. And that's going to keep it lasting longer. Now, if you mix it, you leave it out on the counter for, for a day or two, it's going to go bad really, really quick. Okay, So you need to be very, very careful. You need to have a, a, a routine, a habit in place where you keep it in your fridge. I would just inject, go ahead and inject it in your kitchen. This way you put it back. I've, I've many times in the past, I've injected, you know, somewhere else in the house and then I'll leave the vial in that room, you know, and uh, I'll forget about it. And that's not good. So you want to make sure I would just go ahead and inject in your kitchen. This way you put it right back in the fridge. It needs to stay in the fridge. Um, backwater, you can buy online. That's what I recommend you mix it with. And it's very delicate. Don't mix it quickly. Don't spray the powder when you're putting the backwater in the vial, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so MGF doesn't need to be systematically administered, okay? It has a long health, half-life. It can circulate your body, binding to receptors when muscle tissue damage has taken place. Um, a lot of guys, though, like to inject it intramuscular into the muscle that they trained. Some people think it helps. Um, so mm. I've seen both. Both seem to work, okay? So you can do it that way, or you can just take it systematically with a slim hip. Um, but a lot of guys seem to believe that taking it as close to the muscle that they worked is, is the best way to do it. Um, so, but um, listen, at the end of the day, um, I truly believe if you just inject it with a slim pin, it's going to travel. So you don't have to torture yourself and inject it deep into a muscle. Mobster, jump in on that one. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking, Steve, I mean, you are literally going to be causing muscle tissue damage injecting into a muscle. And trust me, guys, the few of you that have done it that particular way, and I'm not just referring to MGF, but uh, other uh, performance-enhancing drugs, it's uncomfortable, Steve. I mean, the classic example, when I, I, I sort of, I've, I've looked at sight enhancement just from a study point of view, just to see what it's about and what the guys are doing. And the classic one would be injecting into your bicep. Now, guys, you kind of half have to be in that kind of bicep pose position, and then you'd be kind of injecting right, literally right as deep into the muscle as you can possibly get, which is uncomfortable uh, and much easier if someone else does it. But let's assume that you're doing it. And then right after that, you're going to go hit the gym. Trust me, it's not nice. It really isn't. I, I, I would be – it's going to feel like you bruised it, Steve. It's going to feel like you've, you've taken a punch to your bicep. And you've got to train like that for the rest of the workout. No, 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 no. I'd much rather rotate sites through the body and, and just 
just into the muscle because it's, again, guys, this is a fraction of a, it's a tiny amount of fluid. It's a very, very small amount of peptide. It's not this for me would probably be a lot easier to do than me doing, for example, a short ester steroid where I've got the rotate sites through the body, but I'm using a much longer pin and I'm putting a much larger, proportionately speaking, amount of fluid in. And for me, it would just be too uncomfortable. However, the idea that I can, you know, for example, the classic site would be that little uh, fold of skin between the hip and the belly, and you just pull up the belly a bit and you jab it in into the little fold of skin there. Fine. Yeah, no problems at all. Or, or into the shoulder again, just as long as you can reach it, it's comfortable, it's easy to do. If you've got a partner or a training buddy that do it for so much the better. I can't see people necessarily running this for long periods of time, uh, short periods of time, again, through the year, et cetera, et cetera. Structurally, and I'm talking about training structurally, nutrition structurally, and the idea that you're looking to grow, in my opinion, Steve, the younger guys, the younger listeners are going to say, I want to grow all the time. But the reality of the situation is it should be certain periods of the year. So I'm thinking of I'm back to the late Paul Bryson that I've mentioned in the previous podcast, Steve, and something that he said, and this is where I can see a peptide like MDF really, really working well. I work up to a single one rep max in my bench, bench press uh, every year. I've done it for the previous three years. I'm doing it for this fourth year in a row. And that peak of strength would be a great time for me to then introduce MGF. The same thing whether I was using other anabolics or other hormones or other peptides. Work to the point where once a year, whether it's for a competition once a year, if you guys are hitting the beach, and that's the one time that you want to look your absolute best. Obviously, if you're a competing bodybuilder, a competing athlete, or even if you're out on the field of play, if you've got a, a big championships coming up, the the nationals, the big international, this must be the time that my combination of training, my combination of nutrition and recovery, and specifically my performance enhancing drug use would be at its best. There might be mini peaks through the year, might do smaller competitions, but the one competition at the Olympics would be a good example, Steve, would be the big competition, the main one. It's once every four years. That's when I'm going to run everything I'm going to do. For, there'll be no plan B. There will be everything that I need to do is on the table. Training is 100%. Nutrition is 100%. Recovery is 100%. My base steroids, my base peptides are 100%. And then I bring in something like MGF just to give me another 1% or 2%. Again, as I mentioned earlier on, people, it's the difference between uh, us as athletes and the clinical situations where this has been great, greatly used for maintaining and repairing broken down muscle on injured patients, patients that are under serious, serious medical ailments. And if it can keep muscle tissue on them, then adding that one, two, or three percent advantage to you as a top athlete, as someone that's looking to gain their edge. As an example, Steve, this year, uh, if I was competing in the Mr. Olympia and I want to take my game uh, to the current Mr. O, Big Remy, then I would want to be looking for that edge that gets me right up next to him on stage so I can show people what I've done. And this would be something that I can see the, the competitors, his closest rivals, looking for their edge. For you guys out there uh, listening to this podcast, it's definitely one that you should consider. Uh, previous one that we just done on the show before would be about increasing your appetite. This is about increasing your recovery. 
and giving you another one or two percent more. It makes more of a difference at that this particular point when you're competing, when you're looking for an edge. Back to you, Steve. All right, so let's talk about how to use it. So there are two different MGFs out there if you go shopping. There's going to be MGF and there's going to be PEG MGF. So straight off the bat, the, the main difference between the two is that the PEG MGF is going to have a longer half-life in the body. So that's that's pretty much different. So you're going to be paying almost twice as much for PEG MGF for that reason. So a lot of guys, they like to take the MGF. It's cheaper. It's in your out of your system. And a lot of guys like to go with the PEG MGF. It's in your system longer. So it really just depends on, on what you're looking for. All right. So here's the thing, though, about taking. I think in either situation, it makes more sense to take it post-workout. And then I'll take it on recovery days. Now, yeah. if you take it, you don't want to take it with IGF-1. A lot of guys like to stack them together. So you don't want to take MGF pre-workout because it has to fight for position with the IGF-1 because they both try to bind for the, for the same receptor. So don't take it before your training. Take it after. And also rest days are really good to take MGF because you're going to have lower IGF-1 during this time and it's not going to compete with the MGF that, that you're injecting. So it's going to be able to help with your recovery that way. So your IGF spike, IGF-1 will spike into a workout. So don't take it around that time. Take it after or take it on your rest days. 200 micrograms would be a good one. Um, 200, some guys go up to 400 micrograms. And using a slim pin is a good idea. So that's that's pretty much the you know self-explanatory on how to use it that would be it's not that that's not that quick it's not that uh complicated at all now if you use the peg mgf you want to really to get the most out of it it's got to be in a situation where you're not working out for at least 24 hours if you want to get the most out of it because if you take it and then eight hours later you're back in the gym working out then your igf1 is going to spike and they're going to compete and it's not going to it's not going to help your situation. So you want to kind of do it. It's really good for recovery. So if you're planning on doing a nice 24-hour recovery, take it, and then you can just cruise into your recovery, and it's really going to make a difference. Then your next workout, you're going to be like, wow, I'm, I, I feel great, you know? So that's yeah. that's the key with MGF. Now, the price on the MGF um, <laughs> can range from anywhere from $25 to $40 for 2-milligram vial. So it's... You know, let's do the math on that, Mobster. Let's say you take 400 micrograms and something's two milligrams. So um, you're looking at if it's 200 micrograms out of a, out of two milligrams, that's that's what 10, 10 injections. Uh, I'm just thinking, Stan, yeah. five five to ten and a ten. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to trying to. Do so you got math. five. Inje- so if you did four five four hundred micrograms, one vial would be five injections. So the price isn't that bad. I mean, if you're paying 40 bucks and you're getting five injections out of it to run 500, 400, it's not that, it's not that expensive. Look at, so. look at this way, Steve. I'm going to tell you a couple of things here. It's a price of a good cup of coffee from uh, one of our very big name brand coffee shops. And trust me, guys, the difference this is going to make into your life 
is right up there in terms, of, but way, way, way more than a, a mocha chocker super latte, God knows whatever else with froth and cream on, and it's costing you six or seven dollars when this is costing you the same per dose. What I will say, and I reiterate something I said in a previous podcast, Steve. I, bearing in mind, it just sounds like me and Steve struggled there for a second. When it comes to the math, when it comes to the dosing, when it comes to the mixing and making sure that you're using the right amount of bacteriostatic water for preparation, when it comes to the storage, come onto the forum and double check. I, I will sometimes yank your chain as a member because your math's so poor, but seriously, this is where you're going to make sure that you get it right. We want you to mix it properly. We want you to store it properly. We want you to get your value for money. And we want to make sure that you're using the right dose at the right time. For me, Steve, this is a recovery drug. 100% because of the way that we've just been talking about is a recovery drug. It is a drug that's going to enhance your recovery on your rest days. Uh, as Steve said, it, 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 I was going to say it's slightly tongue-in-cheek, Steve, it's not rocket science, but it kind of is. At this particular point in time, when we're talking about IGF receptors fighting with MGF, and so on and so forth, you want to make sure that you're using MGF at the right time, in the right place, for the right reason, because there's no point, as Steve said, taking it around a workout when your IGF is going to spike. So it actually becomes, this is why sometimes in bodybuilding it says, who's the better doctor, who's the better scientist? This is actually one of those times where the knowledge of how it's used, what your body does with it, is worth knowing. Now, that might mean, and we, we talked about this, and in fact, that one of the articles here says take note. It really means take take notes. Write down when you took it, when you had the best results. If you take it around a workout and you're not getting the results, then you need to take it out on a non-workout day, on a recovery day. That makes sense. That's why we're telling you to do that. And again, we've seen guys come onto the forums and struggle with the math. Come on, ask. We will advise and of course, in that situation, Steve, we have our calculators ready so that we know what we're talking about when it comes to the map. But like I said already, it per dose, run properly, it's a price of a good cup of coffee from Starbucks or over here in the UK, Starbucks or Costa. Uh, and if you're prepared to spend that kind of money on a cup of coffee, then you shouldn't be uh, bitching about five, six, seven dollars for a dose of MGF. And again. It doesn't have to be used every single day. It's on your recovery days. I train four days a week, Steve. And that means I'm recovering on three days a week. So if I was using MGF, that's $21 a week, which I'm not, not being funny, guys. If you can afford anabolics, if you can perform performance drugs, if your nutrition's on point, if you can afford the training fees and all the rest of it, then an additional $20, $21 a week is nothing to aid your recovery. And again, if I was a competing bodybuilder, for example, and I wanted an edge over my competition, then an extra $20 a week is to be crude. Fuck all. When when uh, it, bodybuilding is sometimes described as uh, chemical warfare uh, and it comes down to who's got the greatest bank balance, this is kind of a cheap way to get the edge on your competition. And it, well, three days a week, Steve, $21 a week for me to get the edge of my competition. That seems to be next to nothing. And again, guys, obviously, as we do this podcast, that's based on current prices. So keep that in mind if you're listening to it 20 years from now. Yeah, back to you, Steve. So there are some side effects. The main side effect that, that most people will complain about is the hypoglycemia and the low blood sugar on this one. So you want to make sure you're eating your good quality carbs um, after you take it. Um, if you're taking the, the PEG version, it's going to be a long half-life. You may, for the next 12 hours, have 
some, you know, hypoglycemia issues. So you make sure good quality carbs, your sweet potatoes, your brown rice, your fruit, fruit is your friend. Always, if you if you have this type of issue taking these peptides, fruit is your friend. It's full of minerals, vitamins. It's full of electrolytes. I don't know why people are scared of taking fruit. Um, it's it's got fiber. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's mostly they're mostly made up of water. So don't be scared of your fruit. Good quality organic fruit is really really good idea. It's much better than drinking fruit juice or drinking Gatorade or drinking any of this other crap. It's all sugar. All right. Yeah. yeah. So. Get get some you know get some good good carbs um, along with the uh, MGF. If you're taking the short acting MGF, the hypoglycemia won't be as much as an issue. It's gonna be in your system a lot quicker. So a lot of guys who are prone to hypoglycemia, you might want to go with just straight MGF and not go with the PEGIT MGF. All right. Now uh, rare issues, low blood pressure, pretty rare though, and then swelling of extremities is a, is a third one that some 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 guys may experience. But those are, those are really uncommon. Maybe start with 200 micrograms and see how you do uh, before you start upping it to 300 or 400 micrograms. But do not exceed 400 micrograms. Do not exceed 400 micrograms. All right, Mobster, anything you want? Any final thoughts that you want to add before you take us to the disclaimer? Uh, I think this is I good, guess, man. I, I, I'm excited yeah, to I, see you log this one. I, I, it's, it's, it's certainly an interesting one for me, Steve. And as you say, we, when we do these podcasts, we're learning sometimes or relearning uh, information that we're giving to you guys because it's a nice refresher for us when we put in these things together. I would say on your nutrition, guys, sometimes I can understand with the distractions of life and business and work and whatever else that gets in the way. When we're talking about recovery days, that doesn't mean to say you haven't got to go to work and put in a nine, 10 hour shift or whatever else. So here's the thing. Um, I know guys out there, I know I go to the gym with, and I've certainly been to the gym with members back like this back in the day where they are on point, whether they're on cycle, Steve, or they're on point when they're training. And I mean, if like, for example, me, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday training, that's when they're on point. But they get real, real slack at the weekend. We get you guys when they're talking about because you're young, they're partying, they're going to the, the, the pool party, they're having a couple of beers, et cetera, et cetera. Those days when you're not in the gym, when you're recovering, are super important. And when your nutrition needs to be on point on those days, if anything, arguably, Steve, more than on your training days. But ideally, of course, it would be on all your days. Now, there's no point using any kind of peptide if your diet is crap, if it's real, real poor, if you're struggling with appetite, listen to the previous podcast. If you're just not getting the food in, and as Steve said, if, for example, you've got the side effects using fruit instead of grabbing some sugary drink or some bar of chocolate or something stupid like that. And again, it's one of those things that it's a small difference over a longer period of time where you don't see the gain today, you don't see the gain tomorrow, but you might see the gain a week down the road. And that's just because you're eating clean, because you're eating healthy food and you're recovering slowly but surely. Now, you enhance that growth, you enhance that recovery with a peptide like MGF, your nutrition must be on point. Your training must be on point. Your math, when it comes to mixing, must be on point. Your storage needs to be on point. Guys, this is a sort of thing for me where, as we are recording this podcast, as we are relearning and uh, updating information for ourselves just for you, as we, as we do so, you need to have those things in mind that you're going to start thinking and acting 
like you're a professional athlete. And that's in all aspects from psychological, getting your ass, getting your brain in gear, from nutrition, from training, from rest and recovery, from massaging, from making sure you don't get injured, making sure you warm up properly. And then when we get into the uh, performance enhancing drugs, making sure that the dose is on point, making sure that you know where to jab, making sure that you know how to rotate sites. And again, with MGF, making sure that it's not competing with IGF, making sure in this particular case that it's used on a rest day to get the maximum out of it, that is stored, mixed, every, everything else on point, and that your dosing is on point. And I think the reason for you know not exceeding the 400 micrograms that Steve refers to would literally be there is, there is with some drugs, a point beyond which you will not see any extra gains. This kind of knowledge, these kind of podcasts, giving you that kind of knowledge, refreshing our knowledge even as we do the podcast, is how we get to be our absolute best. Keep that in mind, guys. All right, great show, buddy. Take us to disclaimer. Please note, we are not doctors, and opinions on these shows are hours and hours alone. It's our view and based on our experience and views on the topic. Our podcasts are for informational purposes and entertainment only. The freedom of speech and the First Amendment applies.